Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Hi, hi and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host, along with Dr. Tim Hayes, and we welcome you to the show. Today is Christmas Eve, Thursday, December 24th, 2015. We hope your holy days are starting to unravel, unroll, present itself in a manner that you can be loved. And so our call-in number is 646-200-4100. Six nine, press one, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Well, thank you, dear heart, and Merry Christmas in the most sincere of ways. That is, in the sense of its most ancient meaning, that uh, the the love, the presence, the ecstasy, the sweetness that comes from tapping into that mind that is not the mind of your body, that it comes into full expression in your life is what the season is fully about. If you go back into the ancient Aramaic language, the word Christ is not the name of a man. It's been misunderstood through the Greek translations. But actually, it's the name of an office, uh, such as if you know if Bob were to run for mayor and win, you would call him Mayor Bob, but his name wouldn't be Mayor. His name's still Bob, but you address him using the name of his office. In the Aramaic, the word Christ, as in Christ Mass, the celebration of the arrival of that higher mind, is really about opening a direct channel to love. And so one who's opened that and has access directly to that mind, you go back and you listen to Paul, and this isn't a religious idea when Paul speaks about the mind of Christ in you is the game, is what it's really about. And it's about awakening that direct connection to the creator, that direct connection to love that has access to literally Information from every quarter of the universe, known and unknown. You know, if you and, and you can hear that from the physicists as well. The physicists tell us that every molecule in the universe is in continuous communication with every other molecule in the universe. And so, in the in the world, the arrival of that mind or functioning out of that mind is kind of poo-pooed. In fact, if you listen to many so-called scientific minds and very official people in the medical community and such, you'll hear them talking about how silly this intuition is, that it doesn't exist. Totally, totally, completely ignorant of the fact that in the world of physics, every molecule is in continuous communication. Information is available to us. If we're willing to listen, it comes from a mind other than the mind of our bodies. And the mind of our bodies is the mind that runs most people's lives. And that mind has been in development for generations and generations and generations. And those generations, if we get lost in them, we become lost in the desert. If you listen to that story in the 
the Old Testament about the Jews being wandered in the de- lost in the desert. Again, this this isn't this isn't a religious story. We're not talking about religion here. We're talking about actual, real, honest God human life. So you have this story about this group of people, very bright people, who are lost in a thirty square mile area for forty years, and you go. Wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. That's that they can't be that's a that's a, a parable, a story for being lost in the mind of the generations. And you'll notice if you read that story, they tell you in that story what release from the desert looks like. And they said they said it in the form of the old generation has to die off. That doesn't mean everybody in old physical bodies has to physically die. The root of the word generation is genari. It means cause. The causes held in the mind from the past generations, you have to be released from it. You have to remove that. And the removal of that that frees you from the mind of the body, or what we call carbon-based memory, leaves you open and available to this higher mind or this mind that Christ listened to. They speak about it as the mind that was in Christ. Again, not religious. We're not talking about religion here. We're talking about just the way that we are able to function as human beings and that we can have access directly to this mind of love, totally, completely, directly, and get instruction and direction as to where to go, what to do, and how to do it. I was talking to a gentleman this morning who uh, started doing this work back oh, a couple of decades ago and was in a lot of trouble, a lot of trauma and really started doing his work and he hit a healing crisis, a, a point where they, the official world told him he was going you know, into uh, psychosis but in fact he had this full-blown opening and experience of the presence of love and got direction from it and they tried to convince him Oh, boy, you're really in trouble. You're going to be on medication for life. Unfortunately, he didn't buy it, and he's a very bright, aware, and tapped-in young man. He teaches his work. He's he's become a leader in his community, and is just doing some awesome work in the world. But it's not something that the world wants to support because you won't do the insanity of the world if you're living in that higher mind. You just won't play the game the way everybody's playing it, and you know, or the, the majority of people are playing it, and so the majority will tend to come down on one who's actually living in that intuitive mind. In fact, you hear scientists who go out there. You know, there's a, there's a website called Skeptics.com, and 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 this is crazy. This idea that you could possibly get instruction from other than the five senses. And and they call that scientific, which is really quite a joke, because when you recognize it from a scientific point of view, we know that there are frequencies beyond frequencies, folded within frequencies, beyond anything that the five senses ever thought about bringing in. And yet, the skeptic wants to hold to, no, no, if you can't taste it, touch it, smell it, feel it, or hear it, it just isn't real. And they have to, they, they're the tiniest little fragment of frequencies in the known universe and who knows what we don't know about yet. So when this higher mind, this Christ mind, which there's a lot of energy moving on the planet in this season with people focusing in that direction that can support that awakening and healing process that quiets the noisy mind that quiets the mind of the body you know if you listen to einstein he says that 90 percent of his work was intuition 10 percent was intellect and a lot of people don't realize that you know einstein he was doing his work during wartime the nazis had taken over and he didn't have a laboratory he couldn't he couldn't go into a lab and carry out these experiments Guess where Einstein carried about out his experiments and came up with E equals MC squared and all the stuff that he's honored and respected for? He did it in his intuition. He didn't have a lab to do it in. Actually, he worked it out in his intuitive mind 
told the world about it, and it was actually Americans and Australians that did the experiments and went, oh, my God, Einstein's right. How did he do that? He didn't have a lab to do it in. Yes, he did. He had the most important lab that exists. That is the space of this higher mind that can tell us how things really work when we're willing to listen there. So the rational mind, and Einstein talks about the, we have the rational mind and the intuitive mind, and that intuitive mind is a precious gift. Actually, as in quote, might say it's a sacred gift, and the rational mind is the servant. And he says we've created a culture that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. So when the intuitive mind enters, you can tell when intuition is operating, and this, you know, we could call this a practice for today, is to practice listening to your intuition. You know, yesterday we talked about practicing reason and, and acting out of reason rather than out of what's stored in carbon-based memory. The day before we talked about intolerance and living truly in deep, deep commitment to intolerance that is being intolerant of the hostility and fear that's stored in your structure, ever taking over your life and expressing through your mouth, through your eyes, through your actions, through your energy, that when those things come up, you forgive them rather than allow them expression. And so oftentimes when intuition enters, there is no rational reason. It enters quietly, perhaps totally unnoticed until you practice Listening to it, decoding it, we actually do on occasion a nine-day intensive that's called intuitive development. It's all about spending time. We actually do a full nine days of spending time honoring the intuitive faculty, practicing listening to it, and functioning out of it. And people are just blown away and amazed when that opens. You know, if you've ever worked with Julie Haverstick, she is is. That's one of the things she's well known for. She's been through the intuitive development workshop, I don't know how many times now. And people will say, well, how did you know that? And it's like, well, I've just learned to listen to my intuition. So this intuitive mind enters quietly. I can remember when it first started to open for me, and I was in a particular situation, and all of a sudden I became aware of the fact that there was a whole body of information just sitting right off, and, and the way it was represented in my mind is it was just sitting off to the left of my vision, and I wasn't paying attention to it. And all I had to do was turn to pay attention to it, and there was this whole block of information. Now, you know, when the the rational mind enters, it tends to enter rather raucously. It's accompanied oftentimes by fear and hostility. Never does that happen with the intuitive or what was called the Christ mind. It is always peaceful. It is always quiet and sometimes almost unnoticed. So if you're in a storm and stillness comes, that's what it looks like. That's what it feels like. If you're in the middle of all this upset and disturbance and such and all of a sudden, you feel this peacefulness and this calm come over you. That's the mind we're looking to live in. That's the mind when we get quiet, has access to all information and all directions. Actually, if you're looking for something to do with, uh, with some of your holiday time, if you're off work, a very powerful film that's out there that demonstrates this, and I'll, I'll explain it without any spoilers so that uh, if you go to see the movie, it'll... Uh, You'll, you'll see the point, but you'll, I won't give any of it away. But the movie uh, is, is one that's just been out. It's been out for a few months now. Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway in a movie called Intern. And when you see it from the perspective of the intuitive mind coming in and running someone's life, whose life has been run all his life by the rational mind. You know, he's Mr. Businessman. And he's been the vice president of this company and the director of sales and blah, 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 blah. And when you see this, watch this film from the point of view of intuition entering in and guiding him without him, at least in the movie, even being aware of it. 
if you if you go with the, those brain cells firing and watch for it as you watch where he starts out, you know he's a retired guy that you know he's feeling uh, he's out doing tai chi and feeling kind of useless, and all of a sudden he has this guidance to do something, and just just to to, to drop enough crumbs to be able to see it when it comes back around. Watch as you get toward the closing scene in the movie what he does. When he completes the task that his intuition tells him to do. All his life he's been Mr. Rational Businessman. You know, the, the, the leader of the company and blah, 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 blah. And it's kind of interesting how his intuition guides him back to where his life took place over all those years only now, instead of being Mr. Businessman, although he's back to the business world, he brings love. He brings a new perspective. He brings an honoring of truth. And it's just a really sweet and powerful example of that intuitive faculty coming into expression. One of the things that uh, that helped me to understand when I saw this, to have the brain cells to see this, is there's a cool story that um, Rob Doss, tell, I don't know if he still tells it, but used to tell. It was a workshop of his many years ago, and he was sharing about how there was a fellow who uh, was a New York Wall Street banker and touched into Ram Doss's work and just fell in love with it and realized that his purpose wasn't being out there, you know, selling bonds or being, he was actually the vice president of commercial loans. It wasn't about loaning money. And so he quit the bank and, you know, let his hair grow down to his butt and, you know, he's running around in his hippie clothes. And, and one day he was in New York in Manhattan and he ran into the president of the bank and the president of the bank, this is after 10 years of absence from the bank. The president of the bank says, you know, Charlie, whatever his name was, you were the best vice president of commercial loans we ever had, and the vice president of commercial loans quit. Would you be interested in coming back? And he was, yes, I would. And he went back to the bank in the same job he'd had 10 years earlier. And he spoke and he shared with Ram Das that now he was in this position he'd been in a decade earlier, but he wasn't there to be the vice president of commercial loans. He was there to bring love to people who otherwise wouldn't have the experience. And when you watch with those brain cells, take the time to go see the movie Intern. It's powerful. Sweet and powerful. And the healing that happens there, it's its just exactly what we're inviting people to tap into, to understand about what we are really here for and what it's really about. And this season energetically called Christmas and New Year's, New Beginnings, is really about the ability to renew ourselves in the truth of who we are, in the mind of what was called the mind of Christ, the Christless mind, brought into us the reality of that higher level of guidance coming from love that transforms, heals, and changes everything. And in turn, the healing that happens as a result of De Niro's presence is awesome. So it helps to, to build the brain cells to see when we when we engage in that process. So we're just delighted that you're here. And uh, let's see if Dr. Tim is with us. Jeannie, is Tim there today? He is, and he's on. Oh, good. Well, happy, happy New Year, wondrous Christmas Eve, and I hope that your uh, your season is holy. Well, thank you. I'm doing the holiday prep. So family will be coming in after midnight tonight and 
I'm one of the primary nice. primary preparers of the feed. And, um, so I'm <clears throat> busy today with house cleaning and food prep and handling phone calls from family who want to know what's happening when. Well, we're so honored delightful. that you took time out to be with us. Yeah, it's, I'm, you know, I can fold laundry and be on the radio show at the same time. That's delightful. So, um, so I'm, I, I was thinking so many things came up when you were doing your intro. Um, one of them is the, uh, right before I got on the show, I was listening to a, a song by, it, it's an old song most people know, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. And my friend, Trisha Alexander, who's a singer and songwriter and poet, is... Awesome um, lady. And she, she, every once in a while, she comes across one of these songs from the patriarchal tradition, and she recognizes the beauty of the music and the absurdity of the words, and she rewrites the lyrics. And so she has done a fabulous job, in my humble opinion, of rewriting God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, the lyrics, so that it's God Rest Ye Merry People or Gentle People. And the lyrics then say um, that, um, oh no, it's slipping my mind, it'll come to me in a minute, that instead of saying, um, but nothing you just may uh, remember that that's one. So um, it goes on with with Christ our Savior is born on Christmas Day. Yeah, and then there's this refrain instead of um, oh help us out here. Instead was, of being saved was, from the insanity, it's waking up. Well, and it's recognizing that we are the loving people. We are the blessed. Yes. We are the love. And she's rewritten it beautifully, and it's seamless with the music. And I was playing around with the technology to see if I could get it to play loud enough that I could hold my microphone up to it, but it didn't work. So I, I, I tested it with a family member, and they couldn't hear it, so I know the radio wouldn't hear it. But anyway, so, oh. so, so one of the things that brought to mind is, because over the past few days there have been so many people – in my office talking about, oh, did you hear the latest bad news? And I counter with, have you heard some of the great news? You know, do you realize that there's an Internet show five days a week where you can tap into people around the globe who are focusing on creating a loving experience in their life? Do you know how many people in the three surrounding cities in high school, have started programs to help the poor? Have you listened to a list of the fabulous scientific achievements in this year that have pro provided robotics that allow people to walk and the discovery of um, science that allows people to speak when they've had uh, brain injury and, and on and on and on. And they look at me like I'm crazy because they haven't heard any of that stuff on the news because that's not what the news is. The news is the fear-mongering. So a person like Trish Alexander, who is such a light in this world and spends her time helping others and creating music and giving concerts for you know a fraction of what she's worth, and um, so that's that's one thing that was resonating to me today as I was prepping for the show. The other thing Sweet. we were talking about in in the intro was, you know, being what was your phrase for being very um, vigilant, being very unforgiving. What's your oh? We oh, have to, to be intolerant of hostility or fear in your own mind. Yes, and every time you say that, I think of Guy Finley's talk where he. He hits this very strongly, and he practically comes out of his chair with his passion, and he says, we must be very, very divinely selfish. We must actively 
with a focus, with a vigilance, work to remove every excuse for being angry, bitter, hurt, resentful, negative to ourselves or anybody else in any way. Wow. Because if if we don't do that, then we will be able to rationalize any level of abuse. We must actively work to remove every excuse for being angry, negative, bitter, hurtful, or resentful to ourselves or anyone else. Because if we don't, we will be able to rationalize any level of abuse. And every time you say that, to be intolerant, that's what I think of. And these, you know, the, the truth coming through the wisdom schools, it doesn't matter which wisdom school it's coming from. It's the same truth. Yes. Yeah, it's amazing how many people live, um, they think, in a world that irritates them and have no clue of their responsibility for their own irritation and responses, have no concept that that's structured inside of them. And, of course, the reason they have no idea that it's structured from inside of them is because when they go into their irritation, disturbance, and upset, they think and speak about somebody else. They're focused on, you know, look what you did. You did. You're, you're, you're the problem. You'd be different if you just do it my way. It's just me. I mean, it's just all those stories. And uh, so that's that's a, a powerful way to say it. Uh, thank you, Guy. Yeah. And the other words just came back to me. Remember who you are. You are tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. Mm. We are tidings of comfort and joy. Remember, there was this child born underneath a star. Remember who we are. We are tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. Yeah, she Mm -hmm. has quite the way with words. And when she gets her inspiration, and she's a person who knows exactly what you're talking about, she actively structures her life to create time for meditation, for prayer, to allow the intuition to tap into it. And when she does, the lyrics that she comes up with for her own song, she's one written some absolutely beautiful songs, some of my favorites of all time. And when she comes to rewrite some of the greats, most of the time when I'm around other people and they hear that she has rewritten one of the classics songs lyrics, I hear groans from people. And I've actually heard people say, oh, I wish people wouldn't do that. You know, the classics are just, why are people trying to better? I mean, these people are genius. These songs have been around for centuries. And then they hear her lyrics and they go, oh, my gosh, that's a lot better. So we are tidings of comfort and joy. Remember who you are. You are tidings of comfort and joy. So, and of course, Merry of course, it, yeah, Merry Christmas. And, and of course, it takes a person who is willing to be responsible and do their work to be those tidings. Because if you look at the way the average person functions, if they're just functioning out of carbon-based memory and the mind of the body, there's not a whole lot of comfort and joy in their words, their actions. And as one does one's work and cleans up their generational database, the contributions they can make energetically, the transformations they can bring are just monumental. We've had, just in the last couple of weeks, there have been so many people who've been, you know, I've been talking with and, you know, sort of contacting people that I haven't spoken to in a while with the Holy Day season coming up and such, and and just the changes they're seeing in their family systems and the, the people around them and themselves are just awesome when somebody picks up and chooses to do their work and of course the main work is the work of forgiveness and if anybody is new to the show if this happens to be your first time on the show the forgiveness tool is fully and completely available freely on our website you can go to whyagain.org and scroll down a little bit in the middle of the page you'll see a red and white bullseye click on that it'll give you a whole set of instructions there are audios there are videos there are worksheets there and take them please use them and 
become outrageously successful in using them. Your physiological health will transform, your emotions will transform, your mind will transform, the people around you will transform, and the contribution you'll be making to your genetics and your family system is monumental. Not to say anything about the way you'll change the world, but you know, there's a great line in The Course of Miracles that says, when you're healed, you are never healed alone. It's always about opening a space for another layer. And when we can come back and focus, if if I'm in irritation, instead of asking myself the question, why did they always irritate me? I can say, oh, what's this piece of irritation that I need to heal? What does, how does this irritation look like my power person's irritation? We'll find there's always an exact replication of it. And when I can stop lying to myself and I love truth enough, I can go, oh, this is just like the irritation that I hated when my dad did it to me, when my older sister did it to me, when my mom did it to me. Boy, I, I detested that. Yeah, well, that's why you're still doing it. Forgive the mind that detests, forgive the irritation, and everything changes. Go for it, right. Jim. And it, it's available in the moment when you recognize that. And two other uh, quotes that you often say from you said uh, from Course in Miracles, when you heal, you're never healed alone. Um, I also remember you saying, millions yet unborn will benefit from the work you've done today. Yeah. And the other one I really, I really like is that there is no place on the world more sacred than the space where an ancient hatred has become a present love. For sure. Absolutely and for sure. There was one more, um, you know, piece for me to add. I had somebody um, contact me from the support group after our discussion on Tuesday, and they were still churning over what had been said. And I had sent out a post uh, earlier in that day, a blog post, that related to the idea of observation comparing it to um, belief and the effectiveness of one over the other. And um, so this person went and started digging through my blogs and found one from April 21st, 2009, and said, she sent it to me and said, this really speaks to where I was trying to come from And in this blog post, I say um, that I wanted to introduce people to uh, Greg Braden's book, The Spontaneous Healing of Belief. And what I say in the second paragraph of that blog post is, the book has an opening page which sounds as though it could have been taken directly from Dr. Michael Rice's lecture titled, Empowered to Heal. Dr. Rice talks in that lecture about how the content of our brain cells resonates with an energy dependent upon the content of our stored realities. If I have anger stored in my mind, it will resonate and send out vibrations which will interact with the world and I will see the world as angry or as something to be angry about. If I have fear in my mind, it will resonate and send out vibrations which will interact with the world, I will see the world as fearful or as something to fear. If I have love in my mind, it will resonate and interact with the world, and I will see the world as loving and lovable. Yay. That's it. That sounds like tidings of comfort and joy. We are. Yeah. It's what we're designed for. Very sweet. I'll have to when we get off the call, I'll have to call Trish and say hello. She's she's actually been on my mind for a couple of weeks. I've been thinking about some of her music lately, so we'll have to give her a call. And wish her a an awesome holy day. I'm sure she would enjoy that. Cool. Well, Jeannie, have we got anybody with a hand up in the phone queue or anybody in the uh, chat room with a thought or a question for us? 
there is no one in the chat room but me, but we do have a hand up. So it's area code 224. You're on the air. Who do we have? 224, welcome to the show. Give us a name. Where are you calling from? Area code 224, are you with us? Well, they must have turned away from the phone or disconnected. But 224, if you have disconnected or if you can can hear me, uh, maybe your mute button's pushed. I don't know. I do that every once in a while. I'm talking away to myself and don't realize it. And so if you check your mute button, if if you're talking to us, we're not hearing you. All right, well, we'll keep an eye, and uh, maybe 224, you'll come back to the phone and uh, somehow let us know that you're you're back at your uh, your phone. I know sometimes things get busy and somebody comes to the door or what have you. In the meantime, we'll just uh, put out the thought that uh, this, is a, this is a good time for the community. You know, there's a, a phrase that I come back to often that the Greeks translated as the kingdom of heaven. And that's, that doesn't even start to reflect being spoken of in Aramaic by those words. And what was being spoken of was much closer to the community of love. And recognizing that when people come together to do the work of healing, they're actually engaged in a, a, an ancient word that's been totally misinterpreted is liturgy. You know, it's like the the support group that Tim talks about. When anybody does a support group, that's liturgy. That's people coming together. Liturgy means our common work. And when that community of love comes together, there's there's a physics aspect, a physiological thing happens, and that is each person who chooses to join in a community of love And rather than being in their perceptual space of some form of hostility or fear, are actually keyed to love. And, you know, when you you recognize that your words have an energetic impact according to what's firing within your perceptual system, and oftentimes people will... uh, will throw out things in total hostility but say, oh, well, you know, I didn't, that wasn't hostility, that was just and, and have an excuse for it. When we look at the energetic impact of what our perception is made of, we're literally sending out high-energy waves that spray that energy on another. And so one of the things that we're working to do with this show is to engage as many people around the globe as possible in holding and being that space of love. And it doesn't take a huge quantity to do that, but literally as each person and I'm talking energetically, literally sprays love toward the person who's in pain, in turmoil, in trauma, in some sort of seemingly unresolvable condition. When enough people are coming from that higher mind in that intuitive space that literally radiates love toward that person no matter who they are, that's where transformation takes place. That's where with with support, with the energetic support of that, someone who can't access their own higher mind, someone who can't access their higher intuition can be just ushered right into it with that kind of support. And so that's one of the purposes of this radio show is that, you know, if I'm in my stuff and and Tim's standing as a space of love, and Jeannie's standing as a space of love, and somebody in Australia is, and somebody in Germany is, and somebody else in Asia is, and somebody else in North Carolina, then energetically, I get the benefit of that energy supporting and strengthening the higher mind, what was called the Christ mind, or the intuitive mind in me, And I get to celebrate the birth of that in me, the arrival of that in me. And instead of functioning out of carbon-based memory, 
I get to function out of the truth of being, the truth of who I am, and to have the guidance of literally the mind that created the universe available to me. You know, Paul has that interesting saying that says, the goal of the work is to be, quote, of like mind with Christ. And what mind did he think with? He thought with the mind of love. Now, there are stories that go around that want to make excuses for other stuff. Well, it's okay to be angry, isn't it? I mean, even they'll say even Yeshua was angry, wasn't he? It's like, well, when when was that that we heard all this anger? Oh, that story where he goes in with a whip and he beats them in the temple and overturns their tables. It's like, well, take a look at some of the more original translations, not the Greek overlays that are oftentimes made of a lot of hostility. And you'll find, for instance, that the word that was translated by the Greeks is a whip, and that really helps us to keep, you know, to really be in that hostility place. Yeah, he used a whip, so so can I. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, you know. I love what Gandhi said about that one. An eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind and toothless. The word that was used to represent or to, to, to translate, that the Greeks translated as a whip, was a prigla, and a prigla is a small broom that when you live in an indigenous society that has dirt floors and such you sweep the chickens out of the house with it wasn't a whip at all it wasn't done in anger it was done with clarity it was done with power and it's the same kind of clarity and power that if you and I activate choice and intolerance intolerance toward our own hostility or fear we'll go in with that kind of power and when our mind comes up with irritation and has a story about how somebody else irritated me my mind comes up with hostile words hostile feelings hostile actions that I with great clarity activate choice and intuition to bring the presence of love in to dissolve that part of my mind and when I dissolve that part of my mind that part of my mind which reflects in a part of my body transforms and heals and I remove my diseases that's where real healing happens that's why if you have uh, been with us the last few days and I just loved the interview again Tim thanks for for tapping us into it uh, the interview on the NPR on being and maybe we should put that link on the uh, on the website, Jeannie. It just occurs to me. It is already on it. it. Se- oh, cool. Great. I've sent it to several people directly that I've been talking to over the last few days because it's like, you know, the, the, the disease processes that are going on in the culture and the number of people that are just terrified about their health and think that they need the right medicine in order to heal and here are these two medical doctors, and you can go to onbeing, O-N-B-E-I-N-G dot org, and listen to the December 3rd podcast. And it's a uh, medical doctor, Mark Hyman, and a uh, uh, psychiatrist mainly having the conversation from the medical perspective. And they're talking about the components of healing, and they are forgiveness, and they are love, and they are community, and they are nutrition, food. And when we start to engage in those components, the structures of disease that we've built that reflect as our irritation, our hostility, our rage at others, or our rage at ourselves, or just our general rage. You know, if you found words come out of your mouth, you say, well, I don't normally say those kinds of things. Notice how dissociated you are from that part of your mind. The words came out of your mouth because that's in your mind. You've got to stop kidding yourself. And when you love truth enough, you can tap into and open and heal that part of your mind. And when you heal that part of your mind, a part of your structure will heal. If that rage is locked in the heart, you know, heart disease is the number one killer in America. And you look at issues of the heart. And if people have rage locked in their hearts, you go back... 2,000 years ago, and why was divorce allowed? They said because of the hardness of their heart, because we locked mind energy of hostility into our physiology related to relationship. So am I willing to soften that? Am I willing to own that? Am I willing to forgive that? Am I willing to bring the active presence of love into it? Guess what will happen to the blocked artery? 
Yesterday, the blocked artery showed up 100% on, you know, the latest technology in the hospital. Tomorrow, remove that hardness of your mind that reflects in your heart, and that artery will open. And people say, oh, come, now, come on, Michael, that's, that's ridiculous. You know, I mean, there we've got physical blockages. Excuse me. Let's go back and talk to the, about the truth of how the world works. Let's listen to Albert Einstein. On such things as matter, we have been all wrong. What we have heretofore called matter is energy. Energy whose vibration has been so lowered as to be perceptible to the senses. Now, hear this. There is no matter. Energy blocks an artery. Develop the capacity to access, scoop in, decode the energy that blocks an artery, and the artery becomes unblocked. The tumor, wherever it is, becomes undone when the mind energy that locks it there comes undone. How does that happen? Well, listen to On Being, December 3rd. Community, forgiveness, love, proper nutrition doesn't happen with medicines. And when we understand the principles behind healing, then healing becomes normal. It is normal. The only reason it is not the norm in our culture is because most people have been sitting in front of that tube and listening to the latest disease forecast being shoved down their throats and told about how they need this drug or that drug or that drug. And then, while, you know, the the visual manipulation of we see a couple dancing through the daisies, lovingly getting ready to go to bed together, as though this drug is going to help to produce that result. And meanwhile, the announcer in the background is going through high-speed fast-forward, so you can hardly keep up with it, all the body parts that will be damaged and fall off if you use the drug. And, you know, the drug was for a hangnail. Yeah, well, you know, your heart might quit, and you might end up with cancer, and you die, but, but, you know, your hangnail will be better. It's like if people sit and buy that energy, that energy becomes manifest in the body. There is another mind available. It is not the mind that the world honors because there's no money in it. But there is awesome healing there is an awesome presence of peace that comes into your physiology. If there isn't peace in your physiology, guess what? No one else in your life has a problem but you. And everyone in your life will reflect to you what you need to heal next. It's an awesome setup. I mean, it's just amazing the way it's set up. It's so so beautifully designed. And what these tools are about, what this show is about, is creating a community of people who hold and literally spray the energy of love on each other when one or the other of us is lost in our hostility or fear, which happens to all of us. As you head for, you know, the family gathering, the family dinner, the, you know, where there are unresolved issues, remember that. And and enter into the practice of intolerance, intolerant of any form of hostility or fear coming through your body to anyone in your world, coming out of your mouth. You get the original, they get the carbon copy. Don't go there. They don't need it. You sure don't. Practice choice. Choose to do that work. It's not an easy thing to do. It takes time. And then... What you'll find as you do that is your intuition will open and guide you and bring you to such awesome levels of expression that, as Tim has shared with us, that Trish has done, you will be tidings of comfort and joy. And it just makes for a whole different kind of holiday, holy day season. It really is about being in that space of wholeness, not whole. I, I can remember being a kid and being told that, you know, well, there'll come a time when your whole life will be a prayer. And I thought prayer was being down on your hands and knees. And the only thing I could imagine out of that was square knees. No, prayer is being the space. Prayer isn't about putting your order into the cosmic gift catalog. It's about being the space of active love in the presence of something less than love in you. 
and dissolving that which is less than loving you, which dissolves the blockages, which dissolves the deposits, which dissolves the dis-ease energies that seem to express as physiology and aging. Literally, you'll reverse the aging process. You'll begin to youth instead of age. Age, what appears to be age, has nothing whatsoever to do with time. It has to do with what on a daily basis are you integrating into your system. If you're buying into integrating and tolerating hostility, fear, rage, guilt, grief, pain, screaming epithets at somebody in your life, then you're aging. And it doesn't have to do with the clock. It's got to do with the energies you're engaging in. If you practice using the tools we've been suggesting, if you practice engaging in the tools that we're suggesting, then what will happen is you'll turn the clock back and you'll begin to use. And Jeannie, are callers back? That's great. Yes. 224, you're on the air. Who do we have? Hi, Jeannie. Hi, Michael. Hi, Tim. It's Mary from uh, Chicago. Well, hey there, young lady. Welcome. Yes, I know. I'm excited. <laughs> I was so trying to get in the chat room, but I keep getting cut off in the chat room, so I thought I'd just hit one. And uh, I just wanted to say, um, with Tim talking about Trisha, um, she's such a big part of uh, you know our groups and everything. And uh, today they're having a uh, service at Unity for Christmas Eve, which is one of the first they've ever done. I think it is the first. But anyway, she's one of the people who's encouraged me to get back into music, which... I had put away for like 15, 18 years, and I'm actually going to play wow. something tonight at Unity. It's because of Trisha and her encouragement. So I just say she is really amazing, and I have to, you know, totally agree with everything Tim said. And so it's exciting, yeah. I'm kind of getting into, you know, something that I've always loved, and uh, it, it's uh, it's just great having people who, like you say, have the love and and just spray it out there. It's awesome. Yes, and I, I find myself uh, wishing in one sense we were closer, we could jump in the car and come over to the service, but then I probably don't really want to give up Florida weather for Chicago right now, so <laughs> I, guess we'll, I guess we'll have to wait I'm for another looking time, forward but maybe to you'll bring your yeah. guitar. <laughs> Michael, well, actually, we, were practically, we were practically at 60 degrees. Yes. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, it's it, everything's upside down. We're we're just making the space ready for you and Jeannie to, to float on in. Absolutely. We'll awesome. find space awesome. ready. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's a very Well, Mary, maybe you'll bring uh, – do you play an instrument with the music that I do, you do? I play, I play oboe and English horn and very small amount of piano. Oh. But, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, well, so maybe, it's gonna be maybe you'll bring your oboe and your English horn with you to fun. the uh, intensive. We'll see, maybe. That'd be <laughs> cool. Yeah, thought, that'd be sweet. Yeah. You know, the yeah. other thing I wanted to say is I, nice. I, I'm going through a lot of stuff right now with um, my mom. Is is She's been ill for a while with COPD, and, and she's in the hospital this week, and she's basically, um, it's dementia. And so it's been a lot to deal with. And uh, But I have to say, with this work, I'm actually able to deal with her and not have anger or... Um, well, which I, I don't know how to describe it, like having it come down on me and, and beat myself up. And I think it's just, it's like the three years of work has, I can see today how it's paid off. You know, just dealing nice. with all the social workers and even with my mother herself who's not making sense. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a great thing. Well, someone with dementia has a really difficult time achieving goals that anyone holds for them. Oh, right, yeah. And so just a simple knowledge that if I load a goal and it brings forward my hostility and fear and I cancel, I shebag that goal, I can dissolve my hostility or fear. I mean, just that little piece of information. If every person that was dealing with a parent with Alzheimer's or uh, or dementia just had that piece of information because they expect, well, gee, they, I want them to, you know, be the mom that I know, be the dad, don't do what I want them to. And they're not going to. And oh, yeah. and here I could be giving them the gift of being at peace and be mm-hmm. the space of love rather than demanding things of them. And how much easier is life when we can live like that with each other? Oh yeah. 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 It's a, uh, it's a great thing. I mean, I, I don't know how it would be 
getting through everything that's going on without without re- that realization. So yeah, yes, I hear you. I'm very appreciative. That's today. awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm delighted mm-hmm. that you're appreciative and that you're doing it because that opens the space for it to happen on a global scale. You know, there's a a story about a minister, and I don't remember his name right now, but he was apparently pretty well known throughout the world for his preaching and such, and uh, was was kind of like at the pinnacle of his career and getting ready for the next huge mega church. And his wife went into Alzheimer's, mm. and he decided at a fairly young age to retire and take care of his wife. And one of his deacons, I guess it was, I don't remember all the details of the story, but one of his deacons said, but, but look at you're giving up. You're just at the pinnacle of your career. You're getting ready for your next big career move, and 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 your wife doesn't even know who you are. And his response was, "Yes, but I know who she is." Uh-huh. <laughs> and we can be in that instead of our stuff with the parent who's going through something like that. It's such a sweet gift, such a sweet yeah. gift to give mm-hmm. to ourselves and to them. So that's awesome, Mary. We keep holding this space for your mom and for you. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you you guys. See you in a few weeks. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Happy Holy Days. Blessings. Enjoy that concert tonight. I wish we were there. Oh, I will. (laughs) It's going to be fun. Thanks. Okay. All right. So, Michael, before you start on something else, I absolutely have to to say here that Mary was saying, you know, three years of work. And I just want to just emphasize that that statement. Mary is a person who has worked so diligently over the past three years that it's a, she's a model for me. And yes, these tools are absolutely life-changing, but only if you pick them up and use them. Yeah, and I have, sure. to, I have to emphasize the fact that while it's probably helped people who have come to our groups and just been there during the group for, you know, two and a half hours once a week, and they've probably gotten quite a bit of benefit about from being exposed to the material intellectually and to be exposed to the energy of love that is present in those groups. And yet it's nothing compared to what someone like Mary who picks up the tools and actually works at them during the week between groups, does the worksheets, does the mind shifters, does the tapping, does the breath work, asks for help specifically, that is what transforms people's lives. That is and, such a key. And I just want to congratulate Mary for being a model of that in my life. Sweet. Sweet. Nice acknowledgement. And, yes, it's, it is. You know, we're coming winding down the year, and it's uh, it's such a key Having intellectual awareness of the tools is nice, but the actual doing of the work, the actual taking of responsibility, the actual having the conversation with yourself is, oh, here I am, I'm irritated again. Here I am, I'm in my stuff again. Here I am being pissy again. Whatever. (laughs) To just have that conversation instead of why are you irritating me, why are you, why are you, is, is just that piece of work is monumental because it starts to shift the way perception constructs the world we see and when we are willing to live in the world as it is, we'll see so much that otherwise is invisible. And bringing in this energy of the Christ mind is such a gift. We're honored that you're with us today. We hold the space for you to be creating the best year yet of your eternal life. Have a wonderful celebration day tomorrow. If you have the space, join us on the show. But otherwise, we'll look forward to talking to you the next time we do. Love, blessings and love. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife, Jeannie, who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. 
Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. That's www.whyagain.com. Sleep.